Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's the line that always follows. It's good Tuesday morning to you. And then folks behind it going, yeah, not so good about it. It is Tuesday, right? That's okay. Tuesday means we're one step closer to Wednesday. <laughs> Therefore, another step closer to Thursday and so on and so forth. Glad to have you with us this morning. Good morning and welcome to Light the Tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital in the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Wade. Thanks so much for joining us. Pleased to be joined, as always, by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County. That's debatable. I still think. Oh, I don't know. He's the pride of Northwest Williamson County, but he is also a proud graduate of Florence That's High School. That's never in question. Nor is the fact that in his days as an honorable mention all-district offensive lineman, where he wore the purple and white, he was known as Highway 79 there. The all-district thing didn't mean it. It's a lifetime achievement award. I'd just been around so long. Like, oh, this guy's still here. It's give him this and send him on his way. And he continues to achieve every day with his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That's Jeff Howell. You doing all right this morning? Doing good. Tuesday is the one day, during football season, Tuesday is the one day of the week. It's the, it's the blah day. It's Cause a grinder you, cause day. You can't, it? It's business Tuesday because you can't really talk about the previous weekend's games. Yeah. But it's still kind of too early to start looking ahead to the weekend. I mean, I we are fortunate since we are the high school sports show of record. Here yes, we are. Horn. As so, folks are about to rediscover here in a moment. We're only two days away from game day. So technically for us, Tuesday is jam-packed. That's exactly right. A lot right. of stuff going on. Uh, you know, so on it's the, all good. It's basically oh, what I'm saying. That's good to know. And, and on the Specs text line at 337-3776, our good friend, the Colonel, Craig Flowers, where you catch the high ground on Saturday mornings, said that may have been a perfectly executed plank. See, we timed it. Just well for the colonel. Only thing wrong with my morning is I was drinking some water in the hallway when you saw me this morning and it went down. You know, you had the deal where you drink something and it goes down the wrong pipe. I thought it was me that did that to you, that just no. made you just sputter and just spit and went down the wrong pipe. and all that kind of stuff. It's unfortunate, but I'm fighting through it. You, you covered through it, recovered through that. <laughs> uh, the colonel had, among others, Georgetown Eagles head coach Chuck Griffin on his program on Saturday morning, and I'm sure that was duly noted by our producer. The purveyor of all good things, Flex ATX, because after all, in the final analysis, so Flex is Jonathan John Donaldson, J. J. Donaldson. We know him as Snoop Daniel. How you doing this morning? Good. Did, did a little Halloweening last night, so a little so tight. Do what? tell. You know, Linda and I were sitting there watching uh, watching television, and then there was this live shot uh, that one of the newscasts had of Sixth Street, and I said, you know, somewhere in that morass of immorality and no. deceit and wow. and playing is Snoop Daniel. Jello shots last night, Snoop? Yeah. <laughs> no jello shots. Oh. I did get a hit on. That was great. You did go. you really? Yeah, but nice. then she like was so like I she was I don't know, she was a little out of it and mm. then I don't I'm just, it turn off. 
Snoop recovering from uh, his uh, his on air observation yesterday about Michael Jackson. We enjoyed so much. I had him crafted into a promo. Can you pull this up, yeah. Snoop? I, it, folks will hear it in other day parts, so we won't play it on our show. It won't be played on, during our program, but it will be played in other day parts as well. Because this, this, in case you didn't hear, this was yesterday, and we were talking about the fact, well, we were bumping back, our return cuts, if you will. We were, we were bumping back with Halloween or horror-based Song. So we'd had Monster Mash by uh, Bobby Boris Pickett. Uh, there was something, uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. But in between the two was one of the all time, uh, one of the all time, you know, Halloween oriented types of songs. Thriller uh, by Michael Jackson. And I was making the observation that when my daughters were dance team members at Henry Middle School, in the Leander ISD, uh, they were on the Black Diamond Tour team. That the the middle school football game that was played on Wednesday night, you know, closest to Halloween, they would do this thriller routine uh, for years and years and years. And I even wound up being uh, the did the the PA thing on it, and I wasn't as good with the laugh as Vincent Price. But this is what what, what happened as a result of those conversations. It's light the tower. Both of my daughters, Henry Middle School's dance team, that was their routine, was the thriller thing. And so they had me do the PA. Time for the thriller. <laughs> I, 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 could, I could never touch Vincent Price's laugh with it. But Snoop, you were always big in the whole thriller thing. MJ was cool. You know, he was kid-friendly. Well, was, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> no. He was. Like back in the day. <laughs> Mark that. Light the Tower. Weekdays from 10 to MJ was kid friendly. And he was. I said, define kid friendly, please. <laughs> he was hanging out with Macaulay Culkin. Uh, yeah. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, and what are you doubling was. down on that? No, no. Well, I'm just remembering. And like Moonwalker, he was saving all the children from the from the evil mafia. In the video. <sighs> all right, we're not going to go down that road again. We 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 we, we exhausted that yesterday. So. You connect those dots, man. Mm. It's, uh, wow. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, let me tell you what we have coming up. In a few minutes, uh, Hank Carter, head coach of the Lake Travis Cavaliers, joins us for the weekly conversation. And and at that point, by the way, um, it'll be uh, it'll be Jeff and Snoop will have the conversation. I have to step out for a few moments for a, a, a Zoom chat uh, with some folks, and then I'll be back in. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll have inconceivable. Uh, Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, will join us as he does uh, just past the top of the hour in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll do that. We have a Longhorn Notebook in the second hour. We have Flex 30 update in the second hour. But, of course, we have a Longhorn Notebook coming up here in just a few moments. Uh, so we've got all of that and more. However, right now... It's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Now, it's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Okay, prepare to receive today's Double Meat with Cheese Edition. Here we go! Top 10 Rankings. We call it the Double Meat with Cheese Edition because it is double the size of the Whataburger Top 5 in that it's the updated, brand new Top 10 ranking, so double the size, and that's in classes 5A down to Class A. Now, in 6A, as we know, they rank a top 25 until next week will be the last top 25 poll because then the playoffs begin and the rankings don't matter anymore at that That's point. right. Yeah. So, here it is, uh, the Whataburger 
Double meat with cheese edition. Start with 6A with the top 25. There's a new number one. It's the Westlake Chaparrales. They're back in the number one spot. Uh, Galena Park North Shore, which got pushed. They were down 13-3 to Atascacita uh, last week and came back and won 16-13. But w- and, of course, they're going without their quarterback, Caleb Bailey, and I'm sure that factored in it. We'll ask uh, Greg Tepper about that uh, since he and the staff uh, put that poll together. But Westlake is back at number one. And then uh, there was very little shakeup. Duncanville is still number three. South Lake Carroll is four. Uh, Katie is fifth. Denton Geyer six. Spring Westfield up from 10 to 7. Atascacita dropped one spot from 7 to 8 after the loss to North Shore. Cibolo Steel is ninth, dropped one spot after that airtight win over Converse Judson. Prosper, which knocked off Allen last week, is the new number 10. Allen, by the way, is going to be the runner-up. It's kind of like the Lake Travis thing. They're going to be the runner-up in the Division I bracket come out of the playoffs. Allen will in their district. Dripping Springs up two spots to number 11 now Whoa. in the state. How about that? 11. Shadow Creek is 12. Snoop's alma mater, DeSoto, dropped four spots from 9 to 13 after the loss to Duncanville. Uh, Brennan from the north side of San Antonio up three spots to 14. Arlington Martin is 15. Highland Park 16. Vandegrift up another spot. The Vipers at number 17. Rockwall 18. North Crowley 19. Allen fell from 14 to 20 with that loss to Prosper. Then it's New Caney. Round Rock up one more spot from 23 to 22. Byron Nelson, which had been 19, fell four spots after its loss to South Lake Carroll. Summer Creek, coached by the lifetime Longhorn. Kenny Harrison is at number 24, and Cy Fair is at number 25. So that, that's the top 25 in 6A. Uh, everything else is a top 10, as we know. In uh, 5A Division I, the top nine remain the same. Longview, Mansfield, Timberview, Alito, Lancaster, Midlothian, Amarillo, Tascosa, Frisco, Reedy, Far San Juan Alamo, North, Smithson Valley, College Station fell uh, or climbed back into the rankings at number 10 by beating AM Consolidated. They replaced AM Consolidated at number 10. Uh, 5A Division II, Argyle, Fort Bend Marshall, 1 and 2, Liberty Hill holding at number 3. Uh, Grapevine is up to number 4. Montgomery Lake Creek is 5. Then it's uh, Midlothian Heritage, Alamo Heights. South Oak Cliff, Lovejoy, and Everman to round out the top 10 there. 4A Division I, where the top 10 was almost identical. It's China Spring, Cal Allen, Bernie, Anna, Salina, Lumberton, Kilgore, then a little bit of change, Chapel Hill from the Tyler area, 8, Brownwood, 9, and Kaufman is number 10. 4A Division II was identical to a week ago. Carthage, Gilmer, Quero, Silsby, Belleville, Wimberley holds at number six. Pleasant Grove, Wichita Falls, Hershey, Glen Rose, and Aubrey. Uh, 3A Division I rankings uh, goes uh, one through uh, eight, ident- almost uh, identical. Franklin, Malakoff, Columbus, Shallowwater, Lano did go up two spots to number five now at 9 0. They had an open day. Yeah. And they finish uh, the regular season this week against Ingram, Tom Moore. Bushland, Brock, Lorena, Pottsboro, and West uh, rounds out the top 10 there in 3AD1. 3A Division II in the uh, updated rankings. No change at all. Gunner, Holiday, Newton, Canadian, Bells, West Rusk, Poth, Palmer, Lexington at number nine, 
and Wall rounds out the top 10. 2AD1, also identical to last week. Timpson, Hawley, Crawford, Refurio, Stratford, Shiner, Toller, Cisco, Centerville, and Coleman. Home of the Blue Cats and Jeff's favorite Allsup stop there in no Coleman. Uh, 2AD2 is also unchanged. Mart, Burton, Wellington, Wink, Chilton, Price Carlisle, Albany, Collinsville, Santo, Granger holding at number 10 after the big win over Milano. 1A, six-man Division One. Abbott still number one, Westbrook two, Jonesboro's up to three. Then it's Rankin, Happy, May, Garden City, Erion County, Gordon, and Medina. And finally, the 1A, six-man Division Two is Benjamin, Cherokee, Balmoray, Oglesby, Richland Springs, Sanderson, Lorraine, Whit Harrell, Rising Star, and Bluffdale, an unchanged top ten there. There it is, your Whataburger top five. Double meat with cheese edition, the top tens in 5A through 1A, and a top 25 uh, in 6A. All right, so there it is, your Whataburger top five. Now it's time for the first of our notebooks. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. So good we had to have it twice. Yeah, it sorry, is. I was a little jumpy on there. That's all right. It's brought to you by Erin Bowersock, the home loan experts. She won't be jumpy in getting your home loan approval turned around. She'll jump on it and get it done. Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com. Another players-only meeting, Craig. What do you think about that? Uh, the fact that it was called by the players. I mean, it wasn't the coaches going, you guys get in there and figure it out. Uh, and what that, you were there in the midst of that, Jeff, was it, it kind of – was revealed organically by yeah. uh, Jordan Whittington. Yeah, and I guess I guess to answer the question, look, I know players only meetings have taken on a negative connotation around here. We talked about this when the first one happened after yeah. the Texas Tech game. Correct, kind of taken on a negative connotation around here for the last decade. Uh, did it work? I guess we'll find out on Saturday at the end of the day. Uh, but Jordan Whittington was the one who talked about it the most. He basically summed it up. It was more kind of kind of along the same lines. Uh, as the one after the Texas Tech game, yeah, you know, and, and the thing about those, Craig, you've heard about them over the years. A lot of it can it can turn into festivus real quick, where it's just airing of grievances. Yep, <laughs> this was more of leadership, similar format where leadership is just saying, "Hey, look, we're close. Just got to tighten up on some things, take care of the details, be a team that pays attention to details, all that stuff." As a matter of fact, Jordan Whittington, the verbatim quote is, "Quote: We met to get everybody back on track as far as tightening of details." So. Do with that what you will in terms of the players-only meeting. Uh, a lot of good stuff from Quinn Ewers yesterday during the player availability. Uh, talked about staying after practice and throwing more, just trying to reconnect in, in terms of his yeah. uh, his relationship with Xavier Worthy. Those two are really close, but just getting on the same page. Like Xavier Worthy had 17 targets in the Oklahoma State game and only had four catches. I just felt like it was Quinn maybe locking on to him too much, and and. This is the other thing, and this kind of bleeds into kind of what my theme for the week is going to be. Because I, I just ran into Eric Raines in the hallway, and I think with the way K-State beat Oklahoma State, and as bad as that was, I think there's kind of this expectation of, oh my gosh, can Texas hang with K-State? Which a week ago, I don't think we'd be having that conversation about this game. I'm expecting it to be typically what you expect of most Chris Kleiman games at K-State. And Eric's not the only one who's expressed that to me. Uh what you'd expect from most Chris Kleiman K-State games is going to be a tight ball game, go down to the fourth quarter. I mean, Chris Kleiman K-State, they play a lot of one-possession games, have played a lot of one-possession games since he took that job. Not a, not all that dissimilar from the way Bill Snyder's teams approach things. They kind of want to 
limit possessions, shorten the game, get it to the fourth quarter, give themselves a chance to win. So I'm expecting it to be that kind of game. That's what the three meetings with K-State under Chris Kleiman in Texas, with the exception of the 2020 game, but the three close ones, the, the you know, you think about the game in 19, uh, and then the game last year. The game last year in Austin was a, was a five-point game. So that True. said, uh, I think you're going you're, you're gonna to need – you're going to need your running game to travel. I know that's kind of cliche, but the running game can travel. It's something that I think at this point is reliable enough for Texas that their ability to stop the run and run the football, I think they're both reliable enough that you can count on them. But the part about Quinn Ewers and just him getting – we heard Sark talk about it yesterday, just Quinn kind of riding that roller coaster. And and we talk about it like even the really good quarterbacks at some point early in their career, they hit a bump, they have some adversity, and you got to kind of work through it. Uh Ewers did say that Sark sat him down early last week and talked to, talked to him about some of Sark's uh, toughest games as a college quarterback at BYU and how he bounced back from those games. Quinn said, quote, he kind of took me through what he went through. I think that helped me a lot. But I think this is two parts, Craig. I think, one, you're going to – and the frustrating thing for me watching this, watching the Oklahoma State game was that was a game where I felt like they were running the ball well enough, especially with Quinn struggling, that they could have just put the ball in the hands of their two talented running backs which is what they did the week before in the Iowa State game. Like, you saw that game get to a point where Sark was like, you know what, passing game didn't happen today, it's not clicking, I'm just going to turn around and hand the ball to five, five and two and, in the backfield yeah. and just let them carry us to the finish line. And you think about the drive that ended with the missed field goal. Like, yeah, that drive starts with the 20-yard completion of Jaleel Billingsley, but then it's Bijan for 13, it's Bijan for nine, it's, it's Roshan for five, it's Bijan for three. You got. I think they've got second and seven at the Oklahoma State twenty-eight, and then it's two incomplete passes in a field goal attempt. Like at that point, just if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like just yeah. keep running the football. So I think part of Quinn's struggles. I think that's uh, and, and Sark. Look, Sark's always going to take the blame for when play calling mishaps happen or the flow of the game gets disrupted. He, as a play caller, that's his responsibility. And I think part of that is Sark too to maybe be a little bit patient and say, yeah. You know the deep the they kept trying to take shots down the field. And you know what the shots not there. Uh, you know maybe just take what the defense is giving you and, and run the football. Uh, what is the old you know I forget what I think it's the the Mike Leach. I think Mike Leach said it, like don't don't be and I'm butchering the saying here, but don't be don't hesitate. Don't be afraid to take a profit on offense. Like if they're giving you the run, just run the football. And I think that's going to be key for Texas. It'll take some pressure off Quinn Ewers. I think Sark has to be a little bit patient. I think Quinn has to be a little bit patient and understand that, look, at this point, teams have film on you now. They're going to see what gives you problems, where you're trying to force the football. If they're trying to force the vertical game, they're going to keep taking away the deep ball. And part of the stuff with as much too high coverage as people are playing now if you're reading it right and you're taking what the defense gives you, that opens up two areas. One, the middle of the field in the passing game. And we saw Texas, they, they did it late against Oak State, Craig. They did it late hitting Jatavian Sanders when he started to get involved. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is that, man, you can run the football. And I think in the run game, too, I thought Sark was on point with talking about this yesterday. Against Oklahoma State, some of the, the, the way some of the runs developed, the way he called some of the runs, he felt like he could have done a better job. And I think this, you know, we saw Texas have some success on counters. And I think when you're running your gap schemes, you're creating angles, you're creating leverage. And I think for a young offensive line, I think that helps those guys because now at that point, you're not just counting. It, it takes, and we've seen Texas block the zone run game really well, but that takes time. And one thing that will kill a zone run game, like Oklahoma State was doing, penetration will kill a zone run game. How do you counteract that? If you're running your gap schemes the right way, if a defense is penetrating, a lot of your gap schemes when you're pinning and pulling, 
you can just kind of run underneath that penetration. So I think it, it all works hand in hand. Quinn struggles, the need to get Bijan and Roshan involved in the game, uh, managing the game better. I think it's all about focusing on your run game, dialing up your run game correctly, taking some pressure off of your quarterback, and then helping your quarterback understand here's what the defense is giving you. Let's not force the issue. Just take what they're giving you because you're good enough in multiple aspects of your offense to still be able to move the football if the deep shots aren't there. And there was the awareness that uh, that Sark had and, and pretty much talked about yesterday at the presser about, he said, some of that's on the play caller. Yeah, yeah it exactly. Just, it just it, it it just is. He said I have to, but he goes back and he looks for people who think that he just he calls plays and then oh well it worked or oh well it didn't work and we'll go back and get him next time. He said he is reviewing every single decision he makes mm-hmm. as a play caller, just as he would review every single decision that say PK would make on a defensive call or Jeff they're, Banks on special teams. Exactly, they're reviewing every single snap, every single thing that that's going on. So that and that's the self awareness part of it as well. Saying, you know, there's some things that that uh, I have to take a look at and understand as well. Yeah, protecting the football too. I know you talk about that in road games all the time, in games in general. Do you realize, Craig, K State's forced 14 turnovers this year. Yeah, all of those have been at home. Yeah, tough to beat. There in the little lap. That's wild. Yeah, all all fourteen of their takeaways have mm. been at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, which is mm. crazy to think about. They haven't yeah. had a takeaway on the road yet. But uh, no, I again at the risk of repeating myself, I think it, it's going to take some introspection from Sark mm-hmm. to have some patience, and in turn, Quinn have patience to understand. Look, if the deep shot's not there, you're so good on offense. You're you're a pretty you're pretty much a complete offense. Just take what the defense gives you. And I think this bleeds into too the talk yesterday with Sark this question Sark got asked. I forgot whether it was Nick Moyle or Danny Davis who asked the question, but about the number three receiver mm-hmm. uh getting somebody other than Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington. I don't know that you really need a number three receiver because your two backs are really good catching the football. Keelan Robinson now is a legitimate mm-hmm. receiving threat. And you got a thirty catch tight end and you take enough Sanders. weapons there. So yeah, yeah, you're you're good enough to where if the shots aren't there, you yep. can attack a defense in multiple ways. All right, that's the notebook for this hour. We have another one coming up next hour. Up next, Hank Carter, head coach of the Lake Travis Cavaliers, will join Jeff and Snoop. Like I said, I'll step out for a few minutes here uh, for one thing I have to do, and then I'll be right back in. We still have Inconceivable. We still have uh, uh, Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, to join us. All that and more coming up and when we continue with Light the Tower here on The Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on The Horn app and at hornfm.com. Bucky and Eric oh. and Snoop Daniel, Light the Tower. Rolling along, hour number one of Light the Tower, jam-packed Tuesday edition. Don't forget Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, joins us in hour number two. But right now, it's time for our weekly high school coaches interview. It is Tuesday. These are brought to you by our good friends at Texas Truck and Trailer. And since it is Tuesday, that means we go to the Vicaros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Joined by the head coach of the Lake Travis Cavaliers, Hank Carter. Hank, thanks as always for joining us. Always good to talk to you, but uh, love, always always good to talk to you after a, a nice big win for your ball club. How are you today? Uh, we're doing good. Just uh, finished up with practice, and uh, you know we've got two of our three practice days down, and just going to make notes and get ready for our last one tomorrow to get ready to play Bowie. Hank, uh, 55-7 win over Austin High. Uh, what did you like the most about what your kids did last Friday? Well, we've had a we've had a lot of uh, some flu sickness going through, so we were missing quite a few kids. So I was uh, I was really proud of how our offense, especially, was able to go out there and and uh, control the line of scrimmage and and really just 
just uh, get us out there ahead really quickly defensively. I thought we played fast, and um, you know we were able to, to uh, speed them up a little bit and control the line of scrimmage. So overall, it was a good ball game. Hank, I know we when you talk about the line of scrimmage, I know we've talked about your offensive line throughout the year, and you've had such praise for those kids up front. Uh, does that group just continue to to deliver for you week after week? And just what are your thoughts on their progress this season? Yeah, I mean, I think those guys have been the most steady group in our football program. Um, they were outstanding last Friday night, and I also think that our running backs played really well. Nico Hamilton and Aiden Albright and uh, Christian Cuellar, all three of those guys ran the ball well. Um, we got Bo back. He started the ball game for us and, and did a great job. Chaston Ditta came in and played some, too. Um, and so overall, you know, play, you know, plugging in some guys there in all the skill positions with the exception of running back, uh, we had some new faces out there. But, uh, yeah, I do, I do think the offensive line is what made us go, and, and that's how it's been. Hank, I was trying not to start with Bo. We were going to get there, but since you brought him up, uh, always good to have QB1 back under center. Yeah, well, it was good to have him out there. And, uh, he, you know, obviously he operates the offense much differently, differently than anybody else we have. He's the uh, next best thing to Coach Mangino out there. And uh, he did. He, uh, we, he took us right down the field. He got the first two series, and Chaston came in, and those guys uh, kind of went back and forth until the game was out of hand. Uh, but, yeah, it was great to have him out there. It's awesome to see him playing again. He's still working through some things, but uh, he's he's uh, certainly better than he was early in the season. Lake Travis head coach Hank Carter joining us here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Jeff Howley and Snoop Daniel. Coach, I've watched a lot of Lake Travis football over the years, and I want to thank you for uh, uh, you know making it so entertaining. Um, does this year's team remind you of any in the past or just a special? <laughs> I know every team is different, but your thoughts? Um, I don't know. These guys are a little bit different. Um, I, you know, I, I think that there's some similarities the way the offensive line gels together. It seems like that group um, is that way every year from the standpoint of, uh, you know, th- those guys are the most unselfish kids in our program. They never get the football. They never get a sack. And they still show up every single day, and they're rarely talked about. Um, and so I would just say kind of that selflessness and um, and just kind of a toughness their offensive line brings. That's uh, at some from some of our good teams, That's that's always been there. You know, I think it's been a little bit of a strange transition. You know, none of the none of the skilled players were starters a year ago. Um, we, we anticipated having Bo back, um, but you know, graduating the tight end and all the wideouts and the running back from the starting group is it, it took us a little while to kind of settle in and find our identity and, and to see how those kids are going to gel with one another. And I think defensively, we're just we're a little bit young. Um, you know, so we've got Taven and Jane Walker and and uh, Griffin Willis out there. You know, those older guys that have been around for a while, but. Uh, with the kids that we're playing with outside of those guys, it's a lot of guys that are juniors or sophomores. And, um, you know, I, I still think that we're uh, we're still trending up. And, uh, you know, I think we're working towards playing our fo- best football here in the next few weeks, hopefully. Yeah, Coach, I want to ask you about two more juniors on your D-line because you always have some dogs on the front. And, uh, and that's uh, Jay Turner. And I don't know if I'm going to say his last name right, but Josef Agambi, uh, 95 and 90, uh, those guys can go. Yeah. Yeah, so Jay Turner, he's uh, been in our program since his freshman year, and uh, he's, he's tweaked his ankle just a little bit. That's slowed him some, but he's a really tall, athletic kid, rangy. You know, we're, we're just continuing to work on him, become more and more, uh, just more and more physical at the point of attack. He does a great job of running around, and um, and like I said, he, he can bend. He's a pretty unique athlete. He's got a, uh, I think once he figures out how good he can really be, he'll be a, a super special player. And then Joseph Agami is a guy that really in the last year, he's just really changed. He's, uh, he's, he's grown. Um, he's become more and more focused uh, about the game of football, and, and Joseph's provided a lot of depth for us this year, and has flown around and, and made some plays as well. Hank, kind of off subject a little bit. I know, I know, we talked early in the year after NFL rosters were finalized about some of your kids in the, in the NFL, but now that the the season is going, and I know you've got a lot of stuff on the weekends, 
is it cool for you to to you know check in on, on Garrett Wilson or Brendan Hymes and and be in, in a position where you haven't been before? Say, oh, I've I've got to check in on on the Jets game or Chargers game, NFL games that years ago you might not have cared anything about, but now you've got a a, a vested reason in wanting to watch those games. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, luckily those kids they still keep in touch with us and uh, they're very responsive, and of course they know that we're pulling for them and supporting them all the way. Certainly, Garrett Wilson, you know, he's been a huge part of, the, of what the Jets are doing. Uh, they had a tough game over the weekend, but Garrett had a pretty good game himself. Uh, I've been talking with Dicker quite a bit. He got cut from the practice squad with the Eagles, you know, just, I guess, right before the game, and maybe the day before the game this past weekend. Garrett Gilbert's been on and off the active roster there with the Patriots, and so that's been pretty cool. If you're a veteran and you can make an active roster, that's a pretty good week for you, uh, yeah. let's say, as a quarterback. You're not going to get your brains beat in. You're going to get a pretty nice check at the end of that week. That's, that's pretty good for him. Um, and, yeah, you know, K. Brewer, I think, is still working out and, and uh, is waiting on a call. Dicker, I think he's going to have some more chances. Um, you know, obviously, with Baker, got back healthy. But there's, you know, I'm not sure what the direction they're going for there in Carolina this year. But, yeah, we keep tabs with all of our kids. And, uh, you know, obviously it's pretty cool to see them playing on Sundays. Hank, another week, uh, another opponent where uh, they play Westlake the week before. Uh, and I know you're you're familiar with Coach Abel's and that Bowie program, but did, did anything from that Westlake film, that that was a competitive ball game. I think it was 17 nothing at halftime. Uh, anything off the Bowie's film against Westlake really jump out at you? Well, I mean, I think the film that I watched, Bowie looks really good. You know, obviously we know how- they, uh, they struggled against Westlake and struggled against Dripping Springs, but everybody who's played those two teams have done that. And so, um, yeah, I think, as always, they've got a very versatile offense. They can throw the football. They can run it from the quarterback position. They've got good receivers and tight ends and good backs. Um, and, you know, they're, they're versatile in what they do. They're, they're going to make the cover the entire field. They've got a great running game. They've got some quick game off of it, RPO-type stuff. Uh, they'll fill it vertically, and they've got a lot of screens. And so it's, a, it's, it's about a tough of offense that we're going to face. And defensively, it is. It's unique. They run a three-three stack, and they are, you know, the super, super predictable as far as they are going to pressure. And so, it's it's really going to be important that our quarterbacks and offensive line and backs get the protection set correctly when we take shots down the field because these guys are are really really adept at pressuring the quarterback. And so, you know, it's it's going to be a tough ball game for us. Luckily, we're getting to finish the regular season here at home. Um, but yeah, looking forward to hosting those guys. Hank, from a, from a, the the physicality standpoint, I know we talked to to Coach Salazar about this last week when they were getting ready to play Bowie. But anytime you play Coach Abel's, you know they're going to have some skilled kids that can go. But just the the physicality, the toughness that they play with that that's got to be a really good test for your kids uh, before you get ready to go into the playoffs. Just knowing the the style that Bowie likes to play. Yeah, I mean they're they're an aggressive team, and, and Coach Abel's has always done a great job with them. But I think, too, just playing a, a playoff-level opponent as you enter the playoffs is important as well. So, you know, it's, it's not going to be one of those where you're just playing a half. You're going to be playing the full game and, and doing your best to try to get a win. Um, and I'm sure they're going to be thinking the same thing. So, you know, it'll be a great test for our kids. It's, uh, it's a unique challenge. But, um, you know, again, if we're wanting to make a run, these are the types of games we've got to get ready for and win. Hank, don't want you to reveal your game plan or anything, but you, you talked about Bowie's offense, and when, they, when they've got that one-two punch, you know, with with Max Barnes, they can run the football. With Connor Kenyon, they can throw it. And ideally, you'd like to make an opponent one-dimensional and then take your chances that way. But this is, uh, you, you said it, this is a unique challenge where they can run it or they can throw it. Kind of whatever the defense is giving them, they can take it and make it work. Yeah, I mean, and ideally, you know, with every opponent, you want to try to make them to where they're throwing the football in situations where you're anticipating a pass. Um, and so it, it always starts with, uh, you know, trying to control the line of scrimmage, you know, see if we can get the better of them up front, with, you know, in the run game, 
and that'll make things just better for us overall. It'll be a tall challenge, though. I mean, they they got some deceptive things they do in the running game, and like I said, they use the quarterback to run some as well. And, and when you do that, it's like they're playing with an extra player. And so, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough game, um, a great matchup, and you know that's how it's supposed to be for the tenth ball game. Hank, since you've been there, is this the fewest number of home games you've had in a year? Yeah, we only got four games at home this year, and we knew that going in. It was one of those things where we were worried about getting our, our full 10-game schedule set. And so we got a, we kind of had to agree to play a couple of them on the road, um, you know, that, that you know typically we would ask them to come play here. But next year we'll have more home games than West Six. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a two-year agreement, and uh, next year we'll get the better of it. It's the regular season finale. It's Bowie and Lake Travis at Lake Travis. It's coming up this Friday. And as always, you can hear that Lake Travis came here on 104.9 The Horn with Mark Honig, Bucky Godbolt, and Stu Myrick on the call. Hank, thanks for joining us as always, and best of luck to you and your kids this week. My pleasure. Thank y'all. There he is. Lake Travis head coach Hank Carter joining us on our weekly coaches interview brought to you by our good friends at Texas Truck and Trailer. Trending up is a good word yeah. for LT because, uh, yeah, like you said, like nobody knows these guys, but they are really good. And so we'll... And even you look at their losses, Snoop. Like we, we talked about this with Hank throughout the year. Like an eight point loss to Arlington Martin. O- open the season, you play Martin on the road. That, that's a tough one. Uh, Steel has turned out to be a, a really good team. Uh, the Westlake game, like they were in there in the second half, competing with Westlake, probably pushed Westlake Hard. other than other than Drip, maybe or probably about as equal yeah. as, as Westlake's been Agreed. pushed all season. And then the Dripping Springs game, they were they were leading that game at points in the second half, and it was a, a one-touchdown loss. So at the end of the day, I mean, this is a team that still can has the ability to make some noise in the playoffs and, and getting Bo Edmondson back, Snoop. I know Caden Leon did a really good job managing things, but, man, you get a, a legitimate bona fide FBS prospect at quarterback back, a Power 5-level quarterback, and Bo Edmondson back. And I would That's say good thing. he's going to be super fresh. He hadn't been taking any hits. He hadn't really been playing. So maybe you get like a, just a re-energized Bo in the playoffs. And I don't know who they would line up to play in round one of the postseason, but I'm not thinking about that right now. <laughs> we'll get all well, that. We get time. We'll get all that figured out. But again, uh, our high school football cover is going to start on Friday with Snoop and the Flex Crew in the pregame, leading you up to Lake Travis and Bowie at seven thirty. All right, tell you what, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Inconceivable. We'll close out hour number one here on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes by Avi, and I'm Aaron Bowersock. We are currently offering incredible incentives at all of our communities across the Austin area. To learn more about how these incentives can save you money on your new home, visit yourlonghornlender.com. NMLS number 1326241. Inconceivable. 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 I'll give you the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, inconceivable does mean a variety of things, and it it could uh, always include fast food. So, Snoop, the McRib is back for its supposedly farewell tour. Show of hands out there if you think that it truly is the farewell tour for the McRib. Listen, in my concert vending days, December 4th, 1982, <laughs> I worked the Who at the Cotton Bowl. Said it was their farewell tour. I even had a hoodie that said the Who farewell tour. Yeah, they're still touring today, some yeah. 30 years later. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, 40 years later. You got to have a hook. Got to have a hook. So, I, 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 I don't think that'll happen i i think that they'll they'll take it out again and then bring it back again and all that we just know how you know that kind of deal is all right i've got a couple other things to get to you uh jeff 
You're a big fan of The Rock, right? Yeah. Right? Dwayne yeah. Johnson, you too, right, Snoop? Do you smell what The Rock's cooking? Yeah, okay. Well, yesterday was cooking the new XFL team names and logos. Did you see these? The new XL, XFL yeah. ones? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. All right, there's three holdovers from the other. One is Houston, the Roughnecks. One is St. Louis, the Battle Hawks. And the other one, let's see, the third one is the D.C. Defenders from Washington. They also had a slight name change, and I kind of like this name change. It was the Seattle Dragons. It's now the Seattle Sea Dragons. Kind of like out of that whole Kraken thing, you know? Okay. So Seattle Sea Dragons. Here's the other names. See if they do anything for you here. Uh, You have the Vegas Vipers. Eh. Vegas Vipers. Good. Okay. All right. PV's always good. I mentioned St. Louis. I always like that name, Battle Hawks. That was there. All right. San Antonio, brand new franchise. The Bramas or Brahmas. I don't know if they'll go by Brahmas. I, I can tell you this San Antonio MacArthur down there calls it the Bramas. Belleville calls the it the Rocks, Bramas. The Rocks Brahma Bull logo for that. Yeah. So yeah. You could. That's uh, Under that's Armour good, that's marketing, Under Armour product placement. Orlando, and a complete ripoff from the Cleveland Major League team, is calling itself the Guardians. <laughs> Why? Could have gone, gone with the TV show Coach and been the Orlando Breakers. Yeah. That would have been and all Hayden right. Hayden Fox took over the expansion team. Yeah. Uh, Houston, uh, like I said, Roughnecks. Took Luther and Dauber with him. <laughs> DC Defenders. Yeah. And? It was like the last season of Coach. It's fine. The team playing at Jerry World. Will not be known as Dallas. They'll not be known as Texas. They're the Arlington Renegades playing at Jerry World. So, Craig, in the spirit of The Rock, what do you think about all the team names? It doesn't matter what you think about the team (laughs) names. Damn, burn. (laughs) Actually, burn. I'm thinking about that one for the last two or three minutes. Uh, Actually, it's not going to be... at Jerry World, they're playing at uh, Choctaw. Yeah, Choctaw. Choctaw. That's where they. Play. Arlington which, always wants. Which, to considering be that's an that's kind of Arlington ISD's flagship facility, that's their home state. Named after a casino. I don't know. It's just something. Well, it was named before. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Um, well. How'd you guys do with the Powerball last night? Did you go out buy a lottery ticket? Did you do Powerball? I guy? didn't play <laughs> Powerball. Well. You didn't win, and nobody else did either. Linda bought two yesterday. How uh, much are those? Uh, it could be two dollars, four dollars. Okay, you could add the extra power okay. thing. Um, so here's the deal: the estimated one billion dollar jackpot numbers were nineteen, thirteen, thirty-nine, fifty-nine, and thirty-six. The Powerball was thirteen. I was going to pick those numbers. I know. Oh. And were you also going to add the power play number? That's an extra two bucks. But remember the woman I mentioned that there were six people that matched five numbers yeah. over the weekend, and five of them won a million dollars, and one woman won seven million because she did the power play thing, yeah. option too, paid the extra two bucks and got an extra six mil out of it. Well, those were the winning numbers. More than five and a half million tickets totaling. 60 million in cash prizes won on Halloween, including 10 tickets that matched all five white balls for a $1 million prize. They didn't get the Powerball. Okay? So so it marks the third time in the game's 30-year history that the main prize has hit the $1 billion milestone. So Wednesday night's your next shot, fellas. 
Uh, if there is a winner, let's buy some night, tickets. At least one. The jackpot would be the second largest jackpot in Powerball history and fourth largest in U.S. lottery history, uh, if it is. So they think it's going to be over $1.2 billion. Y'all ever seen that episode of The Fresh Prince where Will and Carlton played that joke on Jeffrey where they re- they taped the lottery drawing to make Jeffrey oh, yes. think he won it? <laughs> yeah. It's classic. Evil. And, um, and, and Jeffrey was listening to Money, 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 and Will turned it off, and Jeffrey said, that's okay, I'm buying the OJs. And yeah. that was when they told him that it was all a it was a hoax. It was a hoax. He had been hornswoggled. Yeah. Bamboozled. Let us drink. He's doing well. Run amok. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, th- I think by now you guys are well acquainted with the fact that Elon Musk has purchased Twitter. Yeah. $44 yeah. billion dollars for that um what was it on saturday night live they did a thing on weekend update they said elon musk has purchased twitter for 44 billion dollars ahead of the next highest bid which was zero dollars no um but anyway he's coming in and he's cracking the whip he wants people to work and to do this twitter managers have told some staff to work 12-hour shifts seven days a week. That sounds that's like right. that's Snoop Daniel that hours. That is what you need to do. You want to be great, you're going to have to grind. 12-hour shifts. I know it's what. Seven days a week, Snoop. Not forever. Yeah. Uh, some managers told the New York Times they slept at Twitter's office on Friday and Saturday nights. Good. And a lot of the staff <laughs> are trying to prove themselves amid the looming threat of layoffs mm. under Musk, although they said that the threat of layoffs has happened for some time before Musk bought it. There were, talking, I read something he's talking about cutting like three quarters of the Twitter yeah. workforce. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen to do that. He knows people are lazy. Well, well are, you guys, are you guys going to pay for your... Do you have a blue check mark, Craig? I don't have a blue check mark. I've never, I've never, I've I got, do. Are you going you you to pay the 20 bucks a month to keep it? Yeah, because you're supposed to pay for it now. Really? Yeah. yeah you have to pay 20 bucks a month. You still liking you some Elon Musk? See you, blue check mark. No, I ain't paying no, 20 bucks man. a month. How many, how many blue Twitter followers do you have now, Snoop? Not a lot. And he's a got lot. a blue check. Yeah, but it's because I was, I was doing music. I was oh, a, I was okay. a radio DJ. Ooh. I got you. Okay. All right. As a personality. Anyway, it never bothered me, that, you know, that I, that I never had Snoop, one you have 5,003 followers. Cool. Oh, yeah, because I, I tweeted one night. I was a little buzzed. I was like, oh, I passed 5,000. I tweeted to God. I was like, it, can I go to heaven now? I passed 5,000. You tweeted God? Yep, hashtagged him. To which somebody said, it's uppercase G. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't oh, yeah. But didn't I hashtagged it. I didn't do it like, you know, God. Okay. You didn't go at God. You just right. hashtagged it. Okay. Yeah. So Snoop's got 5,000. He's got a blue check. I have almost 25,000 followers, and I have no blue check. I have 21.8K, okay. and I have a See, blue check. See, look at you. Yeah, you got your blue check. Okay, that's good. Uh, well, thanks so, for the heads up. Yeah. All right. One other thing. Guys, get ready for it. Planet killer asteroid kind of on a path for the Earth. Do we need to call oh. Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck? Better, except you can probably give it a century. There is a brand new asteroid. They are calling it AP7, 2022 AP7. It's about a mile wide. It has an orbit that could bring it within Earth's path in the future, but probably not for at least 100 years and maybe longer. Y'all remember what they named the 
asteroid in Armageddon. What was it? A guy named it Dottie after his wife. <laughs> she was a vicious, blood-sucking oh, bee yes. from which there is no escape. <laughs> wow. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> they, they, they are calling this a planet killer asteroid. Oh, 100 yeah. years out. Start, they, start training now. Yeah. <laughs> Kids? So get the world's best deep core drillers and get them ready for this expedition that they're going to go. go on. All right. Coming Let's up just here. Just hope Steve Buscemi doesn't get space dementia on there this There you one. go. Don't need that. Coming up here past the top of the hour, we'll have a sharp review of the Big 12. Yes. We've got that. Then Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, will join us for a weekly conversation. We have another Longhorn Notebook coming up this hour. We have a Flex 30 update coming up this hour. Stay with us. A lot to come in hour number two right here on Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 101.9, AM 1260, live, local, and digital. Horn app and hornfm.com.